Hey, grace and peace, everybody. Welcome back to Soteria Prophetic Ministries. I'm your host and teacher for the next few moments, Delisa Rogers Fields here. And I want to talk to you about the importance of present truths. Present truths. Present truths. Um, gosh, where do I want to go with this one? I think I want to talk about, I believe it's in Acts chapter 19, where Paul was uh, had traveled to Ephesus and was speaking to the Ephesian elders, I believe. Don't quote me on it. Go and look it up for yourself. But at any rate, Apollos had also ministered to them. But Apollos, his, the revelation that Apollos carried was it was a good revelation. It was a good gospel, but it was limited. It was limited by his understanding. And so Apollos was only able to preach to the point of John's baptism. And so there was another measure or another level <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> of revelation that the Ephesians needed to hear and receive and believe in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, now watch how this works, because this is going to bless you. Right. So there is, you know, you, you kind of find and I'm so excited about this topic. I'm, I'm about to be all over the place. So just catch me. <laughs> just run after me and catch me in the spirit. But, you know, there's a tendency you will hear um, people say, uh, you know, oh, I'm woke or there's a new thing or, or whatever, whatever that trending term is that I can't really put my finger on because I don't really care to do that right now. But you will find there's a tendency to look down on people, believers, we're talking about believers, because they haven't been um, updated or haven't been exposed to a present truth. Now, that present truth can it can vary from one topic of, of you know, Christianity or, or the faith from another. Right. Some may say, well, we don't believe in wearing pants. Another say, well, we don't believe in women. Another may say, well, we don't believe in praying with our heads uncovered. I mean, so when I say present truths, I'm talking about the, the tenets of the faith that people hold on to. And, and, and they're doing it with all they know. I mean, they, they believe it. They subscribe to it. Their faith is, is, is embedded in it. And that's, that's what they believe. And you will be amazed at how many arguments or controversies ensue as a result of those different levels of revelation. And I would, I would even venture as far as to say, um, you know, the word of God is true, Right. Um, even if a person has a limited revelation or have, has a limited exposure to a present truth, what they believe, of course, if it's based in the word of God, it is it's their truth. It's it is their present truth is what they know. It's what they've read. It's what they've studied It's what they've been preached to. And, and, and they hold it to be true. They can go in the scriptures and point it to you. You know, I mean, this is not something they've made up and, and conjured up in the figment of their imagination, but they can show you in scripture. Hey, this is what the Bible says. And this is what I believe. So in that, that's not wrong as such. It just, it can be, can be, and I use those words lightly. It can be error, not by virtue of what the Bible says, but error by virtue of how that information has been presented or the hearer's inability, inability to study it and explore it for themselves. For example, you have someone who just takes whatever somebody says and, and that's just the, the gospel. I mean, you know, well, that's what my bishop says and that's just the gospel of it. But then you have someone else and even the Bible talks about the Bereans, right? The Bereans, man, they listen to Apostle Paul 
and they took notes. This is why I love, even in my church on Sunday, I wanted to know who has your Bible. Hold your Bibles up. And I'm, I'm not against, you know, reading scriptures on your iPad or your iPhone or whatever your mobile device is. But listen, I, there's nothing like turning script, turning pages. There's nothing like being able to highlight you know, I was telling the church, put your highlight this with a pink highlight. <laughs> you know? uh, but there's nothing like highlighting scriptures and, and noting your own little notes. I mean, that's why I've had the same Bible, you guys, since I started preaching. Um, so it's like it's old and I'm missing several pages in the book of Genesis. But it's OK. If I've got to preach out of Genesis, I'm going to either print out that portion of scripture. Or I'm going to use somebody else's Bible or have somebody read it for me. But it's just it's mine. It, 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 it is an extension of who I am as a believer. And I'm telling you, I've, I've that Bible has traveled with me all over the country. It is just I love it. There's nothing like flipping the scriptures. And yes, they're torn and the pages are all dog eared. But it, it's 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 me. You know, and it's it's a part of my growth as a believer. And so, you know, I don't even know why I said that. But anyway, <laughs> at any rate, you know, what a person believes to be true is what they believe to be true. But the difference is well, I was talking about the Bereans is with the Bereans is that they would take notes. And then after Paul finished ministering, the Bible says they would study it to see if it be so. In other words, they wouldn't just take Paul's word for it because he's an awesome preacher and he's been an apostle for so many years and he's got so many churches under him. He didn't just take they didn't just take what Paul said for granted. They studied what he said and to see if it is true. So what I'm saying to you is in terms of present truths, it is not just what you heard and you've heard it preached 25 years ago. And yes, the word of God is forever settled. The Lord doesn't change. I under, we understand all of that. But in terms of the word of God being and I was telling somebody this the other day, the word of God is spirit. And so you can read the same scripture. Let's just say Psalms 23, because that seems to be everybody's favorite thing. You can I've read Psalms 23 as a child. I used to have nightmares. My grandmother would tell me, open up Psalms 23 and read it and then leave it open on your nightstand. Now, and that was as far as her deliverance warfare <clears throat> teaching went. That's all she knew, you know. And so you know, she didn't know to say. You know, a granddaughter bind the enemy. We come against nightmare spirits. We come against uh, incubus. We come against the, the. I mean, she didn't know that, right? All she knew was read Psalms twenty three, leave it open on your nightstand, and the bad dreams will go away. Well, they didn't go away, but I had faith in what she told me. Now, and of course, as I grew and as I matured and as I developed my own understanding of scripture. Now, I don't have to sleep with Psalms 23 open on my bedside because when I have dreams that disturb me, I just attack the devil and, the, and decree the Lord has given his beloved sweet sleep. So from being a child and even the Bible says when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I behaved as a child. But when I became a man or when I became an adult, I put away childish things. So see how that revelation progressed. Does it take away from the power of Psalm 23? Of course not. But I've learned and I've grown. And so my, my point here is this. When the Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God, right? A workman need not be ashamed, rightly divided by the word of truth. So studying is not you read it one time and you're done with it. Studying is a lifelong endeavor because as I stated, 
my revelation and understanding of Psalm 23 and you know, when I was nine and 10 years old <clears throat> has, <laughs> you know, it is, has grown exponentially here in, in, in my middle age years. Right. So now, but what if I never, ever took the time aside to study Psalm 23, to study what the shepherd is, study the rod and staff and study the valley, then I would have been limited. My revelation would have been limited to that which my grandmother, <clears throat> excuse me, who didn't have, you know, a, a, a lot of schooling. OK, I, I don't even know if she finished, you know, uh, elementary school. I don't know. Um, but what I'm saying is my it, had I not have taken the time to study that for myself. And to enhance my understanding, you know, once I became older, once I, be, you know, develop a prayer life and could hear God, once I became filled with the Holy Spirit and walked closer with the Lord and commune with the spirit, then I can have a greater understanding or a more <clears throat> progressive understanding of Psalm 23. Had I not have. And this is un, this is an unfortunate case for many. They've read it or they heard it preached. And that's it. Well, my bishop said, my pastor said, my grandmother said, and they never grew off of that uh, initial impartation of knowledge. And so this is why you find some believers who have not grown. They've been in the church for 50,000 years, but they're still babies. They they still sin, which we all come short. But I'm telling they're still bound by sin. Let me put it to you like that. They're still subject, you know, to their flesh. And in some cases, you don't even know the difference between them and somebody unsaved. They have been uh, just a babe in Christ for so long. That's their norm. And if you try to get them to to mature or, or try to reach them with a more progressive understanding, they will uh, they'll choke on the milk. They'll choke on the meat. Because they're not used, they're not used to, they don't have the teeth, they don't have the appetite for the stronger, uh, the meatier weight of the word. So, you know, does that make sense? So here you, you have Paul, I believe it's in Acts 19. And Apollos had just, if I'm not mistaken, had just ministered to the people and yeah, they're excited and so forth. And then Paul comes along and Paul is like, and, and for those of us apostles, we totally get it. We listen as a prophet and an apostle. It's almost like you kind of, you know, you understand from both spectrums of it. You know, from an apostle, you're looking at why haven't you matured in this area? <laughs> like what? You know, and even Jesus said, you wicked soulful servant. How long should I be with you? Right. So for those of us who are apostles, you know, it is disturbing and I'm smiling because I'm telling you, I'm telling on myself, this is how I feel a lot of time. It is disturbing when you expect people to grow in areas and they're not growing. It is very frustrating. If you and apostles say amen in the spirit, it is very frustrating when the people are not growing or they're not um, maturing or they're not developing, you know, as they should. OK, and that's what praise God. I'm not going to get to the apostolic thing. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so here's what Paul does. Even, and check this out. Apollos is an apostle as well. But Apollos had a revelation that was limited to that of John the Baptist's preachings. So you'll find even in ministries and ministers and leaders, some of them carry weightier revelations than others. Now, all of it is good gospel. Don't get me wrong. 
it's, it's, it's a good word and it'll help you get to, you know, the next place in God you need to get to. But there are those who walk and just they kind of they, they carry a little bit more weight. And that's in anything. That's in anything. The more you spend time in the word, the more you spend time fasting, the more you spend time. And of course, you're going to pick up more weight. The more you eat, the more you, you, you know, you're going it, to. It's just it's a no brainer. And so but with Apollos, he could not take them to the next level. And, and this is where the, this is where some are. They've come. Let me just include myself because I don't ever want to feel like I'm being elite and I'm above everybody. So let me just put myself in a bucket with everybody. Some of us can only go as far as we're led. And so if we don't know that there's another level, then that that present level where we are remain, it, it becomes our ceiling. And you won't be able to go further than that. You won't be able to expand beyond that as opposed to being fed by someone who is committed to progressive revelation. Now, when I say progressive revelation, I am not talking about some of this new stuff that we hear that is extra biblical. That is not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is those who are spending time in the presence of God and are hearing what the spirit of God is saying to the church. Because the letter kills, but the spirit brings life. And so as I stated earlier, I, my reading from Psalm 23 at 9, 10 years old is on a whole nother level now in my middle ages. Because because I spent more time in the word. I've studied the word. I even have several <laughs> degrees, amen, to enhance where I've, I've committed and paid to study the word of God. So that I could be a more effective witness for Christ and reach more people for the kingdom. So there is a responsibility, a twofold responsibility there there's a responsibility on the hearer like i said about the bereans they they it, boy that'll preach because there's some who won't sit still for a good <laughs> they won't sit still long enough for the word to take root i mean they get it and oh thank you i receive it and run off to the next somebody to receive it and you, you you're not even planted enough for that word to grow you you are all over the place you eat from everybody's table and you the <laughs> isaiah said it like this he said um the whole the head is sick the heart is faint and there's a table full of vomit where it's just it's just is nasty <laughs> for the lack of a better word it's just nasty it's gross and it, you just got a whole lot going on and jesus just want to clean you up but i'm talking about those who will submit themselves and commit themselves to good sound doctrine good sound teaching even if it challenges the heck out of you <laughs> you know what i'm saying makes you mad makes you cry it, but you know what? It's for your growth and for your development. And so those Bereans say, hey, Paul, we hear you. We know you are a cutting edge uh, edge preacher. We know you spent time with Gamaliel. Paul was an apostle, uh, not just an apostle. He was also in his former life, a Pharisee. So he knew the word up and down. He could reach all kinds of people. But even in that, those Bereans were not impressed about and Paul said, I'm not coming to you with eloquent words and man's wisdom. I'm just bringing you the gospel and the power of salvation, the power of his Christ. Even in all of that, those Bereans said, you spoke good. We will go home and study this for ourselves. And so there's that twofold responsibility on the hearer that you're not just listening, but you're hearing. And then you're going back to study what you've heard to make sure it's true, to see what else the Holy Spirit has to say in that and, you know, and all of that good stuff. Then there's that responsibility on the oracle, the, the, the orator, the speaker is to tap into a grace of God to where you are bringing a present truth to where you are. Like Paul, Paul said, 
Why, why don't you have the Holy Ghost? So let's talk about this. You know, I'm not going to bring you something that you, you've already eaten. I'm, I'm not going to re, you know, reinvent the wheel. I'm not going to re-preach to you what Apollos has preached or what somebody else. I'm going to give you something that you, you, you've had before, but I'm going to spin it differently, right? Or I'm going to bring you something that you may have never looked at it through this lens before. So I'm going to open up. And even Paul said, I pray that the eyes of your understanding would be opened. So I'm going to enlighten you to the same Bible that you've had all your Christian life. But I'm going to show you some things in it so that you can live a more successful life as a believer and do those things that God has called you to do uh, without struggle, you know, to the best of your ability without demonic intervention. And, and so that's what Paul said. So Paul said, well, how, have y'all received the Holy Ghost? Because he didn't see any evidence of the fruit of the spirit. He saw them, you know, living the life to the best of their ability. But Paul did not see evidence of the Holy Spirit. And they said to him, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. So do you see again, they had just been ministered to by Apollos, an apostle. And Apollos took them as far as he could. And there are some leaders, even I tell my people, there, listen, I'll take you as far as I can. If you are hungering beyond that, here are some people I can refer you to. Here's a book you can read or maybe your time to to join somebody else's ministry or what have you, because we're not Lord over God's heritage. And you will find leaders you'll find if you listen, Lord boy, listen to this. If you are not committing yourself to the study of the word of God, to spending time in the presence of God, to laboring and hearing what thus saith the Lord for the people, your people can outgrow you. And man, that's a, <laughs> you're going to have some problems if, and, and I'm not saying that they can't because there are some who will serve as elders and, 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 and you can use them to teach and to plant ministries. I'm, you know, I'm not saying, you know, suffocate your people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about this. I'm speaking in terms of neglect. If you're not doing your part and your people, you've got hungry people. You've got hungry people and you're not doing your part. You, you, you just won't study. You won't commit your sermons. You come up with in two minutes and nobody understands. Nobody can get anything out of it. Folk can't wait for you to shut, shut up and sit down. You know what I'm saying? And so it's a problem if you're negligent in your studying and your people outgrow you, then you can't, you, you really have to fault yourself if they're leaving by the droves. And going to, to, to pastor so-and-so or the teachers, whatever. You have to, you, you have to, you have to accept responsibility for that if you are the one scattering your flock. But then in that, there are those who God has gifted. You may have apostles in your ministry. You may have prophets, you know, other leaders that God is using you to raise up. And, and they may, yeah, certainly outgrow you in certain areas. And so in that, the Lord may be saying, you know what? It's time to plant them in another ministry. It's time to raise up or perhaps hand over this area of ministry or what have you. So you've got to be, and that's kind of some apostolic things there, but you've got to be sensitive even in that when you have people that are hungry. And I mean, as soon as you put the meat out there, they're grabbing it up, looking at you like, what's left? What's What's, <laughs> what's next? So you have to be in tune and pay attention to the appetite of your people. And God help you if you have folk that just they're content with the 1985 version of Psalms 23. You're going to have a church full of babies. You're going to have a church full of conflict. You're going to have a church full of jealousy. You're going to have a church full of uh, um, uh, what you call them? Um, Jesus, uh, fornicators, you're you talking about, you're going to have a mess because you're going to have, if you keep feeding your people milk, 
I don't know how to turn into an apostolic minister. This was not where I was going with this, Lord. But if you keep feeding your people milk and, and baby powder and baby rice and baby pureed bananas, then you can't expect them to behave as full grown people in God. You can't expect them to behave like kingdom folk. They're going to behave like church people because that's what you're feeding them. That's the diet that they're getting. And on the flip side, if you have just because you're growing and maturing and you're trying to give pe your people meat and you hadn't been given their meat and they're choking, you can't get mad at them because you hadn't even prepared them. You Jesus, you hadn't even stretched their appetite any. You haven't even tried to incorporate, you know, little bits of meat or little bits of cucumbers, a little bits of whatever to help strengthen those those teeth and those gums. So this thing is deep, right, y'all? So. I'm trying to wind down because um, this is a little bit more meatier than I intended in the middle of my day. But anyway, you know, this is just food for thought. But uh, Paul questioned those um, Ephesian elders about the Holy Ghost. They had not heard it. And so he laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost and they were able to be released to their next level ministry. Now, let me back up and because and, let me redeem Apostle Apollos. Let me redeem him. OK, because the the Ephesians, they were so um, they loved Apollos. He spent time with them. He ministered to them, even though he could only take them as far as he as he was. But they loved him. And so that's where it came to the point that some were saying, well, I'm for, I'm of Apollos. Others were saying, well, I'm a Paul. And so that's why Paul said, well, Apollos planted uh, our water, God gives the increase. And so Paul had to sort of clear that up, right? Because they would, you'd be amazed how people just choose stuff and bring division <laughs> in that. But I want to also show you how, and I believe this is during the time Apollos was in Corinth when Paul was in uh, Ephesus, is that um, Aquila and Priscilla listened in on some of Apollos' teachings. And I, I, I'm going to end with this because this is very, very important. Because I was mentioning about how we can have these divisions and, oh, you know, that's outdated and that, you know, that ain't right as error or, or whatever. There is a way to approach our brothers and sisters in the Lord if they are ministering something. I'm not going to say so much error. I'll say ignorance. And I don't mean ignorant to be an offensive term. I mean, in terms of I just don't know that or oh, I was never made aware of that. That's that's how I'm using that term ignorance. And so what uh, Priscilla and Aquila did, they overheard. They listened in. Apostles do that. Listened in as Apollos was teaching. And when he got done, they pulled, they approached Apollos. They didn't interrupt the church. Yup, wait a minute. This man is false. This stuff is outdated. Jesus is doing a new thing. They did not do that. Right. Let all things be done decently and in order. They waited until Apollos was done. And then the Bible says they pulled him to the side and said, let me show you a more excellent way. And that's when they tutored him and they mentored him and they showed him. And so Paul now is cleaning up kind of some of the stuff that Paul Apollos did in Ephesus. And then in the meanwhile, Apollos is in Corinth and Priscilla and Aquila, they got him. You know what I'm saying? And so by the time they released Apollos, the man of God is on fire. So do y'all see how that works? So there's a way when we come in contact with one of our comrades in the faith, another man of God, another woman of God. Now, I'm not talking about some of this false erroneous stuff that you just need to shut it down quick. Grab the mic, pull the plug, just turn the lights off. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about somebody who is doing the best that they can with what they have. 
They, they're, they're, they're performing and releasing and revealing and teaching with all of what they have. That, that's all they know. And they're doing it with fidelity. So then you have a responsibility to your comrade to say, hey, brother, woman of God, man of God, can we talk? I heard you ministering on deliverance and I heard you say X, Y, Z. Let's let's let me let's just let's have lunch. Right. And then you do that in such a way where you build that brother, you build that sister. You don't tear them down and take over their church. I I think you need to bring me in for a revival because the Lord is showing me your people need to be updated. Don't you do that. Don't do that. That's a high. That's the spirit of a hireling. When I have leaders and I know currently at press, we're in COVID, we're pandemic. So I haven't gone out anywhere, which is cool. (laughs) But there I have had times where leaders would reach out to me. And I say this humbly by the grace of God and would say, woman of God, you know, there's an area that my ministry is struggling in. This is we've noticed uh, this is a grace on your life. Can you come in? And you know what? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I can. And I'll commune with the leader and say, okay, you know what? What's going on? Well, well, we need teaching on this or we need an impartation or we need to whatever. And you know what? I will build that leader as I'm building the people. You don't just go in <laughs> like a one hit wonder. Uh, when I lead this church, uh, everybody's going to be upgraded. God's going to turn around. Don't you do that. Don't do that's the spirit of pride. God hates pride. Humble yourself. And you go in and you serve your brother or your sister that called you in to support and and help to upgrade their ministry with the grace that God gave you. You go in and you support it. When I bring my apostle in, when I God knows we need him. (laughs) But when I see the ministry is stagnant in certain areas or struggling or my people are struggling in areas and I've taken them as far as I can. Right. And I know that my apostle Ivory Hawkins carries a much heavier grace than I do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God. <laughs> I say, hey, dad, when can you come to Charlotte? When, when is the next time? When was, you know, where, where can we? Or I'll say, hey, call dad, you know, set up a conference, set up a, a, a sim. I've, I've referred many of my mentees and sons and daughters to my apostle. Go and connect with him. Because I can humble myself in areas where I know that I've, I've taken you as far as I can. But I'm not going to lord over God's heritage. And if you have an issue with, boy, I'm telling you, God, is, isn't the Lord dealing with us today? If you have issues with low self-esteem and acceptance, you're gonna have, you, you'll never do that. You'll never refer nobody out. You'll preach all your conferences, all you, you will never trust nobody. And you will hinder your people. I'm not saying open the door and let everything come in either. But I'm saying just recognize when you've done, when you've taken them as far as you can. Bring somebody in or refer them or give them a book or pay for them to take a class or what have you. There's been times I went to conferences and I brought my people and I'm buying them books. Here, y'all take that and study that. You hear that? It was good. Take that and study it. Right. Bring it back to the church. So you want them to grow as you grow so that we all one body fitly join together. So. uh, When I bring my apostle in and he deals with whatever God uses him, great grace, we bless him, praise praise God, I bless him, and he's off to the next assignment. And my people are upgraded, the house is blessed, and we're giving God glory. You see what I'm saying? It's not, uh, you know, it's not what it's not. It is what it is. So, you know, God just wants us to have a pure hearts and, and, you know, toward everything that we do. But just understand this, people of God. And I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving y'all. I promise you, I'm getting off of this thing because I got stuff to do. But, um, you know, remain teachable. I've been in ministry now for, for a long time. 
And I, I told my church, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. There's still areas of scripture. I stumble and fall and wobble in like anybody else. And I have teachers that I subscribe to that can help upgrade me in my thinking. You know, I read books, I study, even when I'm ministering. There are times when I minister that in my message, it requires me to study chemistry or study some uh, 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 history, particularly. Right. So I can so I can reach all people. So I can reach all people. So, you know, it, it's just opening up your mind to allowing God like like Jesus, a wise Paul said, I'm a wise master builder, a wise master builder knows which kind of paint to use, which hammer, which screwdriver. They don't just use uh, the same nail throughout the whole house. They don't use the same t- tool. throughout. The whole- you have to know which tool to use, when to use it. You know, all of that, that makes you a wise master builder so that the work you do remains. So that's it. I, I, I think I've, I've been all over the place with that. Um, I, I pray that you've gotten something out of it, whether you lead uh, or whether you, you aren't. Uh, you know, th- this, I feel, is some wisdom for, for all of us to learn from. Keep a teachable spirit and, um, you know, you know, always open yourself to the Holy Spirit to show you things in Scripture that even though you read it and you may have preached it several times, the Holy Spirit can show you something brand new. He can show you something brand new in the same set of Scripture because his spirit is fluid. It changes like a, you know, it's like a mirror. It's like a, a nucleus. It, you know, it changes based upon, you know, the, the circumstances or what have you. They call it the law of physics. That, that, okay, I'm about to go. So you all have a blessed day. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to come down off of this. Have a great, fantastic, wonderful, wonderful day. May all go well with you and your family and everybody connected to you. You guys stay safe. Share this message with somebody. Subscribe to the podcast or to the YouTube, depending on whichever platform you're listening. And um, let God be glorified in all you say and do. Amen. We love you in Jesus. Until next time, God bless.